Hello, everybody. You're listening to 107.7 FM New Orleans, and this is What the Frick Live. I'm your host, Emily Mintzhouse. And I have a special co-host tonight that came in at last minute. It's not William Martinez. As always, I replaced Will with another Will. We have Mr. William Steele from A&E's Inmate Room and on 7N taking the plate for tonight's show. Thank you, Which, Emily. Nice well, to see you a, again. This is amazing because... Um, you know, November and a little bit into December's true crime month. And I wanted, I, there's, I have become so friends with so many people that have gone, gone through the things that you all have gone through and have amazing stories and written a lot of books and are, are, you're out turning the situation around for the good. And it was so hard to pick which ones I wanted. And I was like, I got to get William Steele on here somehow. So I was like, Pray for William Martinez with Dark Fringe Radio. He's not feeling well and, and everything. But thank you, uh, Bill, for you're, stepping in. You're truly, welcome. Truly. And real quick, if anybody's watching or any, and listen via radio, we appreciate you all very much. Very thankful. This is Thanksgiving month. And if you could tell people really quickly, uh, Bill, where they can find you. You guys can find me at William Steele True Crime. William Steele True Crime on YouTube. Please subscribe. I'm on uh a&E Network, the second highest rated reality show in the country uh, called Inmate to Roommate on A&E Network. And we're working on a drama series and a movie about my life. And I'm all over the place. So there you go. Well, you were my favorite person on that show. That's how I connected with you. So I watched it. You got to go watch it. You got you got your own set of rules and all that stuff. Right. It was fun. I actually, I actually have that rule board right here. You mentioned this is crime month, uh, true crime month. Yes. Yeah. Guess what? It's also International Fraud Awareness Week. So go. To oh, the so this is this is working out with our guests coming on tonight. That's exactly uh, right. Go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut y'all. That's Bill. exactly right. <laughs> so thank you for stepping up and doing doing this. Um, I really appreciate it. you. Got a great personality, and we love you. And and you have a really great fan base. So thank you. No problem. For signing on. So we're streaming. We're streaming live too on social media. We're live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and Rumble. So if you're following on all those, please leave some comments. We got some here. Joe Fox is tuned in. Hey, Joe, good to see you. And Eddie Moore, yay. Uh, good to see you too. Please uh, give us a thumbs up, follow, share. It keeps us in the other comments. Ask a lot of questions. Uh, we appreciate it. And it also keeps us in the algorithm. <laughs> um, Anyway, this evening, we are going to kick it off here with someone that has been on the show previously, but it was before we were on 107.7 FM here. And I really appreciate him very much because he's from my home state, Kentucky. We bleed blue around here. I hope he still bleeds blue, but we have Mr. Brett Johnson on, formerly listed as the United States Most Wanted and acknowledged by the United States Secret Service, service not surface, <laughs> service, as the original internet godfather. He has been featured um, on different TV networks, New York Times, NBC, CNN, uh, Money, Wired Magazine. But where I met him or where I found out about his story was on Netflix's web of make-believe death lies in the Internet. And I found out he played a really big pivotal role in the formation of Shadow Crew. If anybody doesn't know about that, we're going to talk about that here in a second. So we're going to bring Brett on right now. Brett Angler. Angler, how are you guys doing? All right, Brett, how are you, Brett? I'm good. William, it's outstanding to meet you, albeit virtually. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it. This is all new to me. I've only been out of prison a little over a year, and 
Ah. I'm getting hit with mad success, and I'm blessed, and I just love telling inspirational stories. So I'm glad she invited me on today. Well, dude, congratulations on on the transition from getting out to turning that life around. I I let it took me a bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He has a story and a ha- he escaped prison. <laughs> like, he, let's just get into that real quick because it has been a while since you've been on the show, Brett. If you don't mind, in in you know, just tell us a little bit about what happened. Uh, okay, okay. So for those who don't know, as Emily said. My name is Brett Johnson, the United States Secret Service. They called me the original Internet Godfather. The way I got the title, 39 felonies, because 38 just wasn't enough. A place on the United States Most Wanted list. Yes, I did escape from prison. Me too. I built and ran. I'll tell you the escape perspective. I know. I built and ran the first organized cybercrime community. So I'm kind of the godfather of uh, modern financial cybercrime. The way I escaped, hey, man, I... So I was, Shadow Crew makes the front cover of Forbes, August of 2004. Headline, Who's Stealing Your Identity? October 26, 2004, the United States Secret Service, they arrested 33 people, six countries, six hours. I'm the only guy publicly mentioned as getting away. They pick me up. Four months later, in the United States Secret Service, they give me a job. And I'm the guy that continues to break the law from inside Secret Service offices for the next 10 months. Until they find out about it, I take off on a, on a cross-country crime spree, still $600,000, wind up one morning on the United States Most Wanted list, go to Disney World, get arrested, sent to prison. So, And then I escaped. And the way I escaped, my dad <laughs> had... Uh, <laughs> yeah, my, my dad. Disney World. Everybody yeah. wants to go to Disney. I like Disney. I can't help it. I like Stitch a lot. <laughs> So my dad, he comes to visit. I hadn't talked to my dad in 20 years. He shows up at my sentencing. He stands up in front of the judge. And he's like, your honor, I want to make sure that Brett gets a good start when he gets out. He can live with me. So my dad starts to visit me while I'm in prison. About the third visit in, he looks at me. He's like, uh, you know, I've been reading about you a lot. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, that's a lot of money you made. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, do you think you could teach somebody how to do that? <laughs> so I used to say that uh, when I first told that story, hell, seven years ago, I said that, you know, I thought my dad was back in my life and turns out he just wanted to make money. And I, as time grew on, I became a little bit more mature. I decided that, well, you know, he had viewed me through the lens of my mom because my mom was always the criminal in the family. And I thought that was the way he wanted to, he, he thought he had to communicate with me. I honestly think he died. Uh, my dad passed away on October 2nd. And I think that uh, looking back now, I think it's a combination of the two. Yeah, he wanted to make some money, but he also wanted to uh, be in his son's life. So, yeah, the way the way I escaped, I was at a minimum security prison and uh, I had a job outside of the fence. So when I got there, I, you know, federal, I don't know if you serve federal time or not, William, state. but uh, state. OK, so in federal, you can have them recommend a prison for you. So I had my family, when it was evident that I was going to serve prison time, I had all my family start looking for minimum security prisons that had no fence around them. And we settled on Ashland, Kentucky. So here I am. Yeah. So they have my sentencing on that. I stand up and uh, prosecutor, he's screaming at the top of his lungs. Brett Johnson's manipulated the secret service. 
my office and today's manipulating you, your honor. We insist on the upper limits of the guideline. Judge looks at me and she's like, I agree, 75 months. Why? Well, I told everybody that would listen to me in my pod that I'm not doing any more than 60 months. <laughs> and I'd also been saying that I had this drug problem, which makes it into my pre-sentence report. So judge looks at me. She's like, I agree, 75 months. I'm like, huh? So I look over at my lawyer and I was like, well, can you get the drug program for me? Because it's supposed to give a, give a year off your sentence. He stands up. Will you order the drug program for Brett? She's like, no, but I'll recommend he gets evaluated for it. I'm right. like, what does that mean? Lawyer's like, you're probably not going to get it. My exact words were, well, how soon can you get me to the camp? And he was like, if you don't appeal pretty quickly. So I was like, screw the appeal. Get me to the camp. I'll handle it from there. He looks at me like I'm the biggest idiot in the world. Six weeks later, I get at Ashland, Kentucky. 14 foot fence, razor wire on top. I'm like, well, I'm not climbing that. So I go in and I ask the uh, the guard, are there any jobs outside of the fence? And he was like, well, you can work in the national forest. And I'm like, no, I'll die out there. And he's like, well, you can do landscaping. And I'm like, I can run a weed eater. So I walk in two or four <laughs> days later, I walk into the landscaping office, the guard behind his desk. He's got this aerial photo of the compound on the entire wall blown up. So I can literally sit there and talk to him, plot out the escape. My dad, I taught him how to do, I'm the guy that uh, created this thing called tax return identity theft. So the reason everyone's tax returns delayed every single year, SOB right here, nothing to be proud of. But I taught my dad how to do that. In exchange, he had $4,000 cash to his name. He gave that to me. He gave me a change. He dropped a change of clothes off, a cell phone and a driver's license. And I uh, took off. So uh, yeah, I escaped from prison like that. I had a job outside of the fence to begin with. U.S. Marshals, they canvassed a three-state area and uh, found What is that? Kentucky, Ohio, West Virginia? That's it. He's got to be here someplace. Kentucky, Appalachia. <laughs> Aren't there like a lot of hollers around there you could hide out in? We, oh, we call them hollers. Hollers. Yeah. We got yeah. hollers and hollers. I'm and from, I should, I'm from, I should have I'm been in the head Brooklyn, of a holler. I, I was in prison in Virginia in the western part, and they were talking about hollers all the okay. time. And I'm like, what the heck's a holler? I'm from New York City. Well, well, first and foremost, Brett, you're from Hazard, Kentucky. I'm from Hazard. I'm more scared of Hazard, Kentucky, than being in the worst part of the Bronx in New York. Like, Hazard, you go missing in Hazard, nobody's going to go find you. Like, you're gone. Is that There's the kind of places like the wrong turn movies were based on? Like <laughs> make a wrong turn and you're from New York. You're not going to be seen again. <laughs> you know, I, I, mean, I got to tell you, it's, um, uh, you know, Hazard, Kentucky. It's one of these people, areas where, where it's really close knit. You know, it's really close knit. People try to take care of each other because everyone's broke. But you come in and you start screwing around. They got something for you. <laughs> <laughs> they do. Yeah, out there was coal mining country. I was out there in the supermax after I escaped. Similar situation. Out, outside detail, I kind of, I kind of conned my way to get assigned to that because I got tired. I told them I was, uh, I wanted to work outside the gate again, like I did years ago. And they're like, "Nah, you still have a few more years." I said, "You know what? It's getting hot. Let some of them younger guys have those outs- outside detail. I'll stay, you know, working inside as a clerk or whatever." Right. And then as soon as you don't ask for it, they give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> I went back to the pod that that few hours later. Job change, outside custody. Three days later, I disappeared. And then there you go. Amer- I was on America's Most Wanted website, and I didn't make it to the show, but I was definitely on their website because of my skills. Well, there's so- probably still time, William. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
You need to you need to go watch A. When did you escape last? I will. I'll tune into that. My escape yeah. was. Uh, let's see. I uh, made the front cover of Forbes August of '04. Went to work with the Secret Service February of '5. Went on the run March of '6. Arrested. Sent to prison September of '16. Round through there. I think I escaped in. Um, no, not September 16th, September of 2006. So uh, I think it was right after that, within four months. So that would have been yeah. January, February, March of uh, So you agree, you, agree to, you were working with the, the Secret Service or whatever, and then they don't like that when you piss them off and you start to take off on them. <laughs> they frown on that. <laughs> yeah, it, it, they gave me this. You, did you get diesel therapy or not? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Black yeah. box. I still have scars on the backs yeah. of my legs from the from the shackles. So. Yeah, so they gave me diesel therapy, and that's when I start. Uh, I had somebody take me in under their wing at uh, Orlando. That's where they caught me. And the guy told me, he's like, hey, the only time you get off is the drug program. And I'm like, hey, man, I don't use drugs. And he's like, you can find a drug problem, can't you? And I'm like, I can find a drug problem. So I started to complain about it. And um, they, they ordered a psychological evaluation for me at the county jail. The psychologist comes in about four hours into the conversation. He's like, do you use any type of drugs? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, what do you use? And I'm like, cocaine? How much? eight ball a day. That's a lot. I'm like, yeah. And he looks at me. He's like, do you have any trouble out of that? I'm like, yeah, man, I can't get an erection. And he looks at me and I, no kidding. I got that from watching the movie Boogie Nights, that end scene with Mark Wahlberg where he can't stand to attention. I'm like, that's gotta be real. So I'm sitting there looking at the psychologist. He's looking at me. And finally I break the silence. I'm like, is that right? And he was like, yeah, it could happen. Is it still happening now? And I'm like, no, it's working just fine. Not that I need it to. So that made it into my PSR. It's no wonder the judge knew I was full of crap, you know? Right. (laughs) You know, the prison you were at is just two miles down from my house. It's just two miles down there. I should have visited. Like you were that that close. I should have been looking out. You could have, you could have left. Call let me next in, time. Though. No, it's not, there's not going to be a next time. Huh? What is it, Bill? Said you could, you could have let him, let him in and harbor the future. Then why not? Why not? Exactly. <laughs> then we'd be wondering what prison. I don't, you I don't know anything. Uh, well, I, I don't know anything. He's a prison. What, William? What that. did you serve know. time for? I, I was an international jewel and art thief. I was a locksmith, alarm technician. I was doing millions of dollars, multi-million dollar burglaries, jewelry, and artwork all around the United States. So. From California to South Florida, Las Vegas, New York. So. Hell, <laughs> I like you. You could be my friend. <laughs> only, only for the common good. For crime prevention, I'm all with it. Keep it positive. Yeah. Crime prevention. I, mean, I like jewelry. I like art. Me too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Real quick, being in hazards is okay too because I, I have to bring Emily. What's that? <laughs> I used to work in jewelry. I have my diamondology and gemology, so I'm I'm game. Uh, but there you go. I want to say well, this. Let, give, me, give me an idea uh, what time the salesman come when, when the salesman comes to the store. <laughs> <Just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brett, real quick though, because this, I love this about your story, and I teased you before we went live because I thought we were going to have a Beanie Baby collection. <laughs> Can you tell people <laughs> how you started? <laughs> I sure. think that's so, your starting uh, point. Yeah. So, so you know, I, I ended up being this godfather of, of cybercrime. But 
you know, my crime, yes. I actually start committing crime when I'm 10. Shoplifting yeah. food for me and my sister, and it grew from there because everyone on my side of the family, on my mom's side, they were involved in some sort of scam, hustle, fraud, or whatever you want to call it. I grew up knowing how to do uh, document forgery, insurance fraud, so faking stolen cars, faking accidents, burning homes for cash, trafficking drugs, illegally strip mining coal, um, stimulus fraud. I mean, you name it. Hold on, I a, had second. A, Hold on a second. But did you steal ginseng? You know, I know how to find ginseng <laughs> and blood root at that. That's up on your neck of the woods, isn't it? Up in the hollers? Yes, sir, it is. Yes, sir, it is. In the oh, hollers. Yeah. That and uh, morel mushrooms. Okay. You like those. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, so I know how to do all that stuff. But um, okay. when I finally branched off on my own and went. Emily had a flashback. Uh, oh, I got I you. Did. I did. So when I went into, so... uh, when, when I went into <laughs> online crime. I was in Lexington, Kentucky, and I was doing these little scams and hustles around town, not doing really well. Found eBay, liked the hell out of eBay. Didn't really know how to make money, but fortunately, Bill O'Reilly, he was my muse back in those days. So he used to host <laughs> Inside Edition. And the one they were doing that night was about Beanie Babies, and they were profiling Peanut, the Royal Blue Elephant, selling for $1,500 on eBay. I'm sitting there watching it like, hell, I need to find me a peanut. So my dumbass, I'm starting to think, well, I'm in Kentucky. These people aren't that bright to begin with. There's got to be one in a bin somewhere. So I skip class the next day, go around to all the little Hallmark stores looking for peanut. It takes me three hours to figure out he's not in a bin. He's on eBay for $1,500. But they did have these little gray Beanie Baby elephants for $8. So you buy a gray one for $8, stop by Kroger on the way home, pick up a, back, a pack of blue writ dye, go home, try to <laughs> dye the little guy. Turns out they're made out of polyester. They don't hold dye very well. Get them out of the bath. Looks like they've got the mange. So that's my first crime. I ripped the lady off those, got $1,500 out of it. I found a picture of a real one online, posted it. She thought, she thought I had the real thing. She wins the bid. I send her a message. Hey, lady, congratulations. You win. By the way... We have never done any business before. I don't even know if I can trust you. What I need you to do, go down to the U.S. Post Office, pick up a couple of money orders for $1,500. You send those to me, I'll send you your animal. She believes that, sends me the money orders. I cash them out. I send her the animal in the mail. Get this phone call. The I did main, not order the main, this. The yeah. main. So I get this phone call. I didn't order this. My response, lady, you ordered a blue elephant. I sent you a blue elephant elephant and right there is that first lesson of cybercrime you delay somebody That's long it. enough you just keep putting them off they walk away they don't report to law enforcement or anything else that was kentucky bluish right kentucky that is kentucky blue <laughs> go big blue needless to say i went to uk <laughs> i know I, I was in prison with a guy that did that with computers he put some kind of laptop up online that he didn't own for a super good price and I don't know, made 50 grand selling a bunch of ones that he didn't own. I don't know on. when you served time, William, but the chances of him being educated through Shadow Crew, pretty damn high, depending on the year that he mentioned. Yeah, that was, let's talk about Shadow Crew. Tell sure. us, for the people that don't know. I don't know what, what it Shadow is. Crew, yeah, tell us about it. So I've been you, locked up 18 years. You tell okay. me all about it. <laughs> well, have you heard of the dark web? I've heard yes. of something about a Silk Road. Okay, so, so Shadow Crew... Is, bef is maybe five, six years before S Silk Road even pops up. Actually, it's 2002, so it's nine years before Shadow before Silk Road is even busted. 
All right. But uh, so what happens is if you look at online crime, it is never a single attacker which seeks to victimize you or your organization. It's always a group of individuals. OK, so before three sites come into play, Counterfeit Library, Shadow Crew, and then finally Carter Planet. And I built and ran both Counterfeit Library and Shadow Crew. Before those two sites specifically come into play, the only way that you had to network with other online crooks was IRC. It's called Internet Relay Chat. It's just a rolling chat board. You had no idea who you were talking to, if you could trust that person, if they had a product or service, if they had it, if it worked. I still or if have no idea who I'm talking to half the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Telegram well, what, now. It's Telegram now. So what happens, what happens with Shadow Crew because you couldn't trust anyone on IRC, Shadow Crew gave a trust mechanism that criminals could use. Now you had a large communication channel forum type structure where individuals from different time zones could reference conversations days, weeks, months old, take part in those conversations, learn from them. We had uh, vouching systems in place, review systems in place, escrow systems in place, all with the singular purpose of establishing trust with one criminal and another when they didn't know what each other looked like. What each, what each other's real names were and would never meet each other. Right. So that's the primary accomplishment for Shadow Crew is that trust mechanism. And it, that that type of mechanism is still used today. The other accomplishment was Shadow Crew is the first marketplace of its type for criminal goods and services. We laid the foundation for that as well. Shadow Crew makes the front cover of Forbes, as I said earlier, August of 2004. Secret Service busts it uh, October 26th of 2004. And so when they bust it, they busted you, right? Well, when they busted it, they got my forum techie. So my forum techie was a guy named Albert Gonzalez. And Albert Gonzalez goes on to be the largest credit card thief in history. 170 million credit cards, Heartland Payment Systems, Dave & Buster's, TJ Maxx. That's what he was responsible for. So the way they called Albert, we had this thing called the CVB1 hack. So on the back of your credit or debit card, that magnetic stripe, there are three data tracks on that. And what's bought and sold is the second track. And that second track is the card number. There's a forward slash. And then there's a 16-digit algorithm outside of that. We figured out how to program that track two on counterfeit cards, take them to the ATM and start pull cash out. So we would typically be able to pull out $40,000 a day cash from ATMs, okay? So Albert, the way he was caught, He's in New Jersey, broad daylight, standing at an ATM, and he continues to pull out these counterfeit cards, put in an ATM machine, take $20 bills out, stuff in a backpack. So how many $20 bills will, will fit in a backpack? $150,000 worth. That's seven wow. and a half keys of cash, 7,500 grams. So Albert was stuffing these $20 bills into a backpack, stands there for over 40 minutes doing that. Finally, just so happens, just so happens that two New Jersey cops are across the street having lunch. They start looking at this kid. One of, one of the cops looks at the other and says, you know, I don't know what he's doing. I think I'm going to walk over there and ask. That's suspicious so, to anybody. Yeah, exactly. So he walks up to Albert. Albert's wearing a wig, a disguise, everything else. <laughs> Albert falls apart right there. We, nobody told us that Albert had been arrested. So Albert immediately goes to work for the Secret Service. And back then, the Secret Service did not know what they were doing. They had no concept of cybercrime whatsoever. Right. So they simply asked him, hey, how would you catch these guys? And he said, I would use a VPN. So they do. 
by this point in time, I've retired from Shadow Creek. That's how I didn't get arrested. So I've retired, but Albert sets up the entire group and they arrest the top 30 people that rent, that was running it at that point in time. Right. So that's what happens. Albert then goes on to rip off the Secret Service, much like I did. He gets two 20-year <laughs> prison sentences. I ended up with seven and a half because I guess I told on more people. You told on more people, but then you also ran. <laughs> I did. I, you know, I like Disney. <laughs> mind blows me like, <laughs> either hidden in plain sight or people are gonna find you like that's a 50 50 like See, i know but i like disney i actually i spent more time at universal i like that dr seuss park over there that's what i really like <laughs> yeah it's funny with the polar opposites you know so much about the internet and cybercrime and all that and I got out after 18 years. These are new to me. I'm just figured out how to use this thing. Dude, you served uh, 18 years. Yes, for nonviolent right. crimes. And then I was never on the internet, but one time, you know, when I, before I was incarcerated, and then another time when I escaped, I was at the mall by the uh, the racetrack in Daytona Beach, and I wanted to try to look up my escape. And so I went, and the guy said that the, the computer was live, and I, I said, okay, I could try to figure this out. And right. I put my name, and my wanted poster was staring back at me. He said, wanted for escape. And I had glasses on. I turned around. There's a lady behind me with some kids in the mall. And I said, I don't know where he popped up. I was looking up mutual funds, you know, and I took off <laughs> out of there. But I didn't even know how to use the internet. Now I'm on social media all day long. Emily can tell you, never sleep. <laughs> so. oh, he's a hard worker. So, so let me ask you, William. You've been out for over a year now? Yes. How's the transition for you? I know I know that you're successful, that you're not committing crime or anything else like that, but how's that transition from being locked up 18 years to being I'm free not, now? I'm not committing. What if I if I told you I'd have to kill you? And I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, listen, I don't know. I, I forget how long you did if you said it, but listen, I today, like, I love driving at nighttime. I love listening to music, getting in the car, and just driving in the dark because, you know, in prison, you can't get out at nighttime. Right. You can't get out in the rain. If it's raining, pour, downpouring, I'll – put the leash on the dog or running through puddles. I just love being out in the rain. I love being out at nighttime, driving, listening to music. Right. Um, every day, everything I lay eyes on, I'm supposed to be losing weight. I still want to eat everything I see. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's great, man. Every, even though it's been that long already, it's still every day is like a new day. Yeah. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to learn editing, you know, cap cut and this one and that one, and all these editing programs of like, right pulling what remaining hair I have out trying to figure it out. So you're doing fine. He's doing great actually. Yeah. Really, he's doing great, especially on um on YouTube and in TikTok and things. So you're doing great Thank coming you. out. And, 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 and I tell you the reason I the, tips. The reason I ask that I um so on my show and I'm I'm about to revamp my show as it is, but uh, I've been talking to uh, some former felons as well. And one of the main themes that I keep hearing from from these guys is that you know on the inside, and I remember these days, on the inside, somebody tells you something, they mean that. Their word means something. On the outside, though, it's not really like that. <laughs> you're, you're not kidding. So, you're not kidding. That's well, all you I, have. I've really. never been on the inside. Well, that's all you really have left is your word on the inside, you know, and, and if you don't keep it, then you pretty much become <laughs> unreliable and useless to everybody like yeah. early on. So I was a law clerk, so I never had any problems. I always worked in prison law libraries, so oh, I don't wow. care what gang it was, white supremacist or black gang, Spanish gangs. They used to call me New York. Hey, New York, would you help me with my habeas? Would you help me with my, you know, my 1983 civil action, this, that? Uh, you know, I have an abscess. Can you get me dental care? You know, so 
nobody would mess with me because I was the guy always doing everybody's legal work. Right. <laughs> so, That's all right, man. That's all right. Yeah. Well, even 18 years is a lot. And how many, Brett, real quick, how many years were, were you in there? Oh, no, I didn't do 18. I just got no, seven and a half. Bill got I mean. 18. Yeah, I know. I, I, and then I you mean, got seven and a half. Mad respect still, for that, man. That's a lot of time, man. But seven and a half is a lot of time, too. Well, it's a taste. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a taste. <laughs> I think it's, I think that's a lot. I think a year's a lot. So I bet I have not ever done that. So I'll tell you the worst part, Emily, is, uh, you know, in, in county jail, some counties mix the federal and the state together. Well, in county jail, they don't not only do that, but they'll mix these guys in that are for misdemeanors or anything else. And so I'd be in, you know, I was in South Carolina and you'd have these kids coming in and they would be crying about doing 30 days, 60 days, maybe even six months. And meanwhile, you got some guy over here not saying a word that's getting 10 to 20 years. And he'd listen to that, you know, for a few minutes. And finally he gets up and he starts just beat the hell right. <laughs> out of the guy that's crying. I used to be try to be considerate. Cause I realized even when I was in prison as a nonviolent offender, I was, I was with a lot of guys with life sentences. So I'd right. never complain about, you know, well, I got seven more years mm -hmm. to go. You know, I would be like internally it, it sucks, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't vocalize it too much. You're right. You're absolutely right. Um, Robert Robert White is is tuning in, and I appreciate him. He uh, Robert's in the UK. Um, he says, "While are you while on the run, Brett? Did you ever experience anything that would be considered paranormal or unexplainable?" You know, that's an interesting question. I, I'll tell you this, Robert. Um, a few things with me. Um, not while I was on the run, but when I was in prison. I was at Big Spring uh, Federal out in West Texas, and that's an that, it's a barracks, so it's a converted Air Force compound. And um, I was laying in the bunk. You got you know you got 130 people in that unit with you, and all in bunks, and you're laying next to each other and everything else, you know, within four feet of each other. And I was laying there one night. I swear to God, man, I I heard somebody say my name, and then they they slapped me on the foot, and. Uh, <laughs> I raised up and there was nobody there. And to this day, I, I'm I'm sitting there going, "Why? What the hell was that?" <laughs> I am not I am not a ghost guy at all. Yeah. But that right there, that got me. It really did. Um, the other the other thing is when I was when I was on the run, you know that you know how the sun comes down through the clouds. And you got those fingers of God coming yeah. down. I, yeah. I always uh, I always um, took notice of that. I really did. Um, like it was some sort of sign that, you know, that things were going bad or going good or, or whatever. But, uh, the only real paranormal thing that I ever experienced was that right there, that slap on the foot that, that got me. Bill real quick. Did you experience, because I, from the pair, I just came out of October. We just came out, we had haunted October. So we've had a lot of shows. that's gotten a lot of, a lot of listeners and stuff. Um, and some of those people, like when they investigated these prisons. Um, so Bill, I, I don't want to, I'm just going to steer off topic for just one moment. I want Bill, did you have experience in prison? That might I, had, I, I, had, I had two, one in prison, one out and, I, and they're related. So I'll tell you real quick, I was on a run. I was living with five Irish girls in South Florida, having a blast. And one, one day I came in, they, I don't drink, but they wanted me to get them some alcohol. I came in. And I because they're back. Irish. <laughs> right they drink they were smoking hash and weed all the time i was i was actually in those days doing a lot of coke but so i come in i got all the hair on my body stood up and a splitting headache all of a sudden and they kind of looked at me they you know they, what's going on you know and i'm somebody just died somebody close to me died later on that night i i had to be helped to the bed my sister came and 
I knew something was wrong. I was on a run and only she knew where I was. And I went out, she's crying. And at the exact time I felt that, like five hours earlier, my father had passed away in New York and I was in South Florida. Oh, wow. If I felt his spirit go through me. So spiritual, I, I, am, I am a Christian. I'm not perfect by any stretch, but I don't, I don't hide my faith. The second time is in prison. I'm I'm having questions about, you know, salvation and, and, you know, what it means to go to heaven and where am I? Where's my dad? And I said, Lord, I prayed a heartfelt prayer out in the rickyard early in the morning. I said, Lord, if my if my father's in prison, please give me a sign, please. You know, I said you said don't test you, but, you, you know, you give me the desires of my heart. Give me a sign. Let me see a butterfly. In that moment, and I don't care who believes me, a little beautiful mm-hmm. butterfly came over the razor ribbon, flew right around my face. Mm-hmm landed about four feet ahead of me on a blade of grass, turned around on the blade of grass, reared back like it was looking at me, took off, did the same thing, and went back where it came from. And I nearly lost it. I was full of joy and tears, and I and I know, I know my opinion now, God is real, and I know where my father is. Oh, so man, mad Lord. respect there. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> seriously. So, it was so, a crazy confirmation. <laughs> and and I got to tell you, so, so with me, I'm the guy – I've I've always wanted that degree of faith. I always have, yeah. but I have that severe lack of faith is is, is my issue. And uh, you know, but the, at the same time, man, I, I'm the guy that I absolutely know that I am doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing with my life right now. And I, I have no doubt that something guided me to that. And that's something that there's really no other word for it, even though I don't have faith about it. There's no other word for it except for a God. You know, what's the, what's the alternative going back to our old ways and suffering? Well, there you go. Right. So what's, what's the alternative going back to our old ways and suffering through that misery again of, you know, the loneliness and the man, this sucks. And who's going to die in my family next? And you're not there. That's you know, true. I went, through, I went through all that. I mean, that's true. I mean, that's, uh, I, I don't think a lot of people understand that, you know, yeah. I, I was a criminal for hell, 25, 30 years and right. I didn't have friends. I had associates. Right. Yes. You know, and you lied to everybody. <laughs> so yeah, it's 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 a despicable life to lead, man. It truly is. My, my policy was never lie to immediate family, but everybody else at that time I didn't care. And not one person I knew outside of family ever was allowed to know where I lived. There you I go. Didn't, I didn't even trust the people I was dealing with. Right. Shoot, that's me, my daily life. <laughs> and I'm I haven't even been behind bars. <laughs> That sounds more like a stalker X if you have that. Well, it, it, that and some friendships that were kind of crazy. But uh, so I want to move on here because this, what it, what Bill, you said it when we were going live. What is this Cyber Fraud Week or what is this? What is, fraud Awareness this, Week. This is fraud Awareness Week. Yep. You go and to fraud, fraudweek.com. Fraudweek.com. I didn't even it's know this. And I've done my this. part during Fraud Awareness Week. What'd you do? Well, it turns out that maybe some assistance and information from Brett Johnson has resulted in the entire refund fraud telegram on telegram conglomerate to get popped. So we're talking, I don't know, we're talking enough people to fill up a county jail in Birmingham. I saw that on telegram. I, like I, I think I used to trust telegram. Like that was the place to go because I got censored so much before in the sure. beginning. And I'm, I'm going to say this is probably back in 2018, 19 when censorship started building and then COVID happened and it really came in telegram. And I trusted these sites that are on there during that time. But as always, some, somebody, the CIA FBI (laughs) takes over and real quick, hold on. We mentioned this briefly a year and a half ago or a year ago, a little over a year ago, probably a year and a half on the show. 
Who invented the dark web? Ah, so for those who don't know, the dark web. <laughs> there you go. No, not really. But look at it. So, so looking at the internet, you can divide the internet up into three different parts. The surface web, the deep web, and then the dark web. So the surface web is every single thing that you can find through a Google search. So anything that Google can pull up is the surface web. Now that sounds like a lot, but that is only about four to 5% of the overall internet. The other 95, 96% is the deep web. And that's, that's your emails. That's anything that you watch on Hulu or Netflix. That's anything that does not have a web address attached to it, like bank statements, things like that. Okay, so that's 96% of the overall internet. Now, inside of the deep web, we have this thing called the dark web, which you have to have a specific browser called the Tor browser to access that. Now, the Tor browser was created by the United States Navy, and they did that so that intelligence operatives could communicate with each other without being identified by enemy countries. So a very good idea on paper. What happens, though, is they decide over time, you know, we really need to release this thing out to the public so that people behind countries' firewalls, think China, Iran, North Korea, places like that, so that those individuals can access the real internet, find out the truth of things. And not only that, so that whistleblowers can use it. So they release it free. They forgot that the first people to adopt technology, if that tech can be used to remain anonymous, the first adoptees are criminals. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> needless to say, criminals flock to that shit. Excuse my language, but criminals okay. flock to that. And over time, they figured out, well, not only can we remain anonymous on that, but we can also build websites that use the Tor network as well. So it's very effective when it comes to criminal activity. Now, that being said, there's a reason now that Telegram is really more popular than the dark web when it comes to crime. And that reason is when you when you use the dark web, you first have to download Tor. Not only do you have to download it, but you have to configure it properly. If you don't, then you're either going to go to jail or get ripped off. So you have to know how to use it properly. Not only that, but there's no search en engine for the dark web. You have to know specifically where you're going. So you have to find these sites that you can trust that will tell you where to go. Not only that, but you've got a lot of criminals that are trying to scam other criminals. Not only that, but you've got a lot of law enforcement and government agencies worldwide that own or control the exit and entry nodes going in and out of tour, meaning that if they do, they can identify who you are. So we call that, and I didn't know this term before I became a good guy, but we call that friction. Okay. How much problems do you have engaging in a website or going on a network? That means friction. So there's a lot of friction when it comes to using Tor. There is not a lot of friction when it comes to using Telegram. It's an app, for God's sakes, that you can download off of Apple's store or the Android store. It comes with a, a keyword search function. It's encrypted end-to-end, -end, and it's owned by a Russian who yes. does not answer any request for law enforcement whatsoever. Because of that, it's so easy to use, very little friction on it. Most criminals, most inexperienced criminals started to flock to Telegram.
Over time, though, more experienced criminals started to enter that environment as well. So nowadays, you I mean, you've still got a lot of traffic on tour, but the Wild West of things is absolutely Telegram. Yeah, I believe that. Like, even before Telegram got really popular, like, I was seeing some stuff, like, even, like, I can't believe I'm saying, like, illegal organ trade, like, organ trade, like, it was crazy stuff that I saw back then. That was, like, five years ago, and I question if it was real or not, and me, I follow the money. Sure. There was some outlets that it was real on the dark side. Um, So, it's illegal to use Thor? It is not. No. So it, it's it's legal to use it. it. It is absolutely legal to use it. It's legal to go. Either, yeah. But it's it's even legal to go to some of these dark web marketplaces and see what they're selling. It's not legal to buy the stuff that's there, but it's absolutely legal to view it, to use to to go to the sites, to use Tor, to use Telegram, anything else. That's absolutely legal because there are legal things that happens on both Tor and especially on Telegram. I remember when I was incarcerated, there was a big case. I think it was on the dark web or something. First, there was the Silk Road thing. Everybody heard of that. But there was yeah. another guy who was saying that he would kill anybody anywhere in the world. And he was taking money from people as an anonymous hitman, but he was just ripping everybody off. I yeah. Think they found a way to sting him. I think they got that guy. So, the, And that's one of the things that you find right there. So the, the, the issue, and I'm very good uh, because of my history, I'm very good at, at figuring out what trends are, what's real, what's not, things like that. You you get a lot, especially on Telegram, about 70% of anything that's advertised on Telegram is not real. It's simply a criminal trying to rip off another criminal because, you know, they're gullible. Dating each other's greed, basically. That's, that's it. That's it. Greed. Well, there's there's YouTube pages I've been looking at or and TikTok where they scam the scammer. Have mm-hmm. you seen that? I'm sure oh, you've seen those. Yeah. Have what you I mean, done those, Brett? Have you? I've not. Uh, you okay. know, I, and it's not that you can't. It's just that my heart's not in that. Um, you know, I'm. I, I really have turned enough of a page that I, I take it seriously when we're talking about victims, and I, I'm not going mm-hmm. to, you know, put something out there that's just kind of hee hee ha ha about crime or fraud or or people being victimized. I think I think one of them though the guy has a heart like you do and like like I do for victims because a lot of what I do is crime victim advocacy now. Right. And this one is I think it's Evergreen or Green something or other I've seen where they actually hack into like the Indian call rooms and big houses and they get on their cameras. They right. tell like person on the phone with where they live, who they're sitting next to. They move their money back out, return it to victims. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's not, it, and and hats off to them for that. Now, yeah. now my issue with that, that, that type of cyber vigilantism that we're right. seeing right now. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. That, that my issue with that is that when you've got these hacktivists that are doing this kind of stuff, they are not in tune with the relations of countries or of law enforcement or anything else like that. So the chances of them messing up an investigation or causing some sort of incident nationally, it could happen. Not only that, but these people that are doing that, they really don't have a taste for what might befall them. So there's going to be a point where they're going to attack one of these, you know, call centers or a scammer or something like that. That scammer is going to take exception to that. And they're going to, it's going to be their ass at the end of the day. And I don't think anybody's really prepared for that. I agree. So with this thing, it's worldwide. All this is worldwide. Is we hear a lot about like ransomware attacks or or some kind of cyber attack that's going to be happening Mm -hmm. and things. And with your experience and background, do you think that is actually because what 
my studies, and I'm just a reader, I do have some degrees. I understand how to study in, in, in research references, okay? Right. So my studies is, in my opinion, this is just opinion, is that a lot of times we are attacked from within and they like to project it to another country like Russia. So th- th- there's a problem with attribution. There absolutely is. All right. Okay. Now, that being said, does Russia launch attacks against the United States? Yes. Every single day. Does China do that? Does Iran? Does North Korea? Yes. Every single day. Now, do we do that? Yes. Every single day. Absolutely, we do. We're, we're doing it, launching the exact same types of disinformation attacks, of man in the middle supply chain attacks, everything else that countries are launching against us every single day. We're pinging their infrastructure just as much as they are pinging our infrastructure. We just don't get to hear that because of the propaganda, whether you want to believe in the, mm-hmm. the mockingbird principle or, okay. or what have you. We just don't get to hear that news. But that absolutely happens. You know, this this idea that, um, you know, Russia tried to influence an election. I have no doubt that happened. But we used to do that and still continue to do do that through the Monroe Doctrine in South America every single day, right. every day. So well, we it's, did it in Ukraine, too. We two- do it in Ukraine. We do it all yeah. over the place. I mean, it's it's we have an interest in controlling the political narrative of other countries and the, the elections of those countries as well. We absolutely do. I have have two questions for you, Brad. When when you finish that thought, let me let me hit you up with two questions. No, go ahead, go ahead. The the one thing you mentioned something about pinging. What do you know about silent MSN MSN Mm. messaging? What about I'm? It's a new concept to me, and I had a little uh, experience with that going on over here. So just wondering, you know, what What is that? I I, I don't have any. It's the ability for people. It was like law enforcement uses to track people using your cell phone. Oh, that's Stingray. Fingering okay. technology. So and actually, if, if anybody wants to go watch Netflix, the, the documentary series that he's on, on. so it used, it's, it's called Stingray now. It used yeah. to be called Triggerfish. Okay, <laughs> I. That's why he has well, Angler, <laughs> Anglerfish.com. <laughs> so what happens is, is uh, when I start to work with the Secret Service, the Secret Service in Columbia, South Carolina, they had a Triggerfish device. Now later on, it's called Stingray. But uh, that device at that point in time, this was 2000, 2005, that device at that point in time could locate you within seven feet of where that phone was. Yeah. Not only could it do that, but it could tell you all the other phones that were in that specific area as well. It could intercept text messages. It could do everything. It was a cell phone simulator. Our cell phone tower simulator was what it was. Okay. okay? Um, very, very effective. Is Later on, location or can they get into your data, emails, photographs, text? They could do all that. Now, photos, I don't know about photos, but certainly they could read text messages, intercept all those SMSs, everything else like that. Okay, absolutely. They could do that. Um, now, understand that that seven feet is is just a horizontal. set. It's one plane. Of, it's one dimensional plane. It is not a three dimensional plane. All right. So you knew where the phone was within seven feet. You didn't know if it was on the first floor or the 15th floor. Okay. So there's that's that's the one of the limitations of the Stingray device. Um, one of my targets, and this is what's on Netflix. One of my targets by the name of Daniel Rigmaiden. I taught that kid how to do tax return identity theft, and he goes on to make a boatload of money with it. Well, they caught him using a Stingray device 
later on. And uh, this kid decides that he's going to defend himself. And this is on Netflix on Web of Make Believe episodes number five and six. It tells my story, some of my story and his right. story as well. But um, they located Daniel losing using a stingray. He decides he's going to defend himself. He spends like three or four years in a county jail. He gets to the point that they actually give him a laptop in the county jail, give him a budget for investigators, everything else. He files over 1,000 FOIA requests, and it just so happens that one of the requests that comes back mentions something about a cell phone simulation, that's a cell phone tower simulation device. He recognizes that as a Stingray device. So as soon as they see that, and he, he wants it brought up in court, as soon as they see that, the prosecution comes up and says, hey, if you'll go ahead and plead guilty right now, we'll cut you loose today. So he does, and they cut him loose because nobody wants to discuss publicly what the those devices are. Right. Being deployed without a warrant. especially. Yeah, it's, it's without a warrant. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff that's without a warrant. <laughs> Well, do, can civilians and PIs use that, the, the ping, silent SMS? Okay. No, uh, civilians do not have access. Now, I do know for a fact that Hamas back in um, 2000, so I got arrested in 2006. My buddy got there 2009, 10. So somewhere around eight or nine, Hamas actually stole a trigger fish device from a FedEx driver that was supposed to be delivered to the Israelis. Okay. okay. Nobody wants to talk about that, but that's, that, that is a fact. Hold on, triggerfish. I'm coming yeah, in on my fish. end. We start bringing up stingray, and, and um, <laughs> so Hamas. Hold on, I want to say Hamas stole a triggerfish. Yeah, yeah. So Hamas had got information, and I, and then the reason I know that is because uh, I served time with an individual who uh, who helped bankroll that that theft, but. Um, Hamas had info that a FedEx package was being delivered that had that contained a triggerfish device for the Israelis. They robbed the truck, got the triggerfish off of that. Yeah. They had to and get that information from like Iranian intelligence or something. Right. Exactly. That's yeah. Awful. That's crazy. I didn't know about that. That's, that's, that's a rabbit hole. I got to go down. I'm writing it down. Bugs, you know, the, Trigger, the point and they act. Yeah. I'm on a day. How did you get your knowledge from all the hacking? How did you grow up? Did mm -hmm. you use like more computers when you were three years old or something? <laughs> so I, I grew up knowing, uh, like I said, I grew up with a fraud background, uh, really. And I'm not kidding. Most everyone on that side of the family, they were involved in some sort of scam, hustle or fraud. My grandfather used to sit on the front porch downstairs and people would walk up with stolen goods. His name was Paul. And they would try to, they would start telling him some story. Now, Paul, this is where it came from. And his exact words, that, 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 that. Do I look like an FBI agent? I don't care where it came from. What do you want for it? And that's that was his business was was buying stolen stuff. But everyone was involved in some sort <laughs> of still of from stuff. Peter to give to Paul. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, so, and I, I had an aptitude for uh, for computers. I mean, I, my first computer was when I was like ten years old. Uh, Texas Instruments TI ninety nine four A was my first computer and um, I don't even know that one. but if, if you look at online crime a lot of it is figuring out how to take those brick and mortar crimes and translate them to an online environment that's really what goes well, on I'll tell you what now that I have this uh, celebrity status I get hit with so many requests <laughs> hello handsome you know all these catfish real and imagined women or black dudes whatever they are from Africa whatever they are right telling me hey you know 
I love your show. By the way, I'm a Bitcoin expert. How do I yeah. deal with all that stuff? You don't. I get those. I get three or four of those a week. You I don't. Get, I get probably 50 to 100 a day. There you go. There you go. And, and, so, and you don't. So real quick, we got about five minutes left here for you, Brett. Um, so we're talking about these cyber crimes and maybe these scammers and things. And my parents are baby boomers sure. and they are not understanding like the phone calls or the emails. And like, they think these are honest people. What are some of the red flags we can look for in something like this, especially telegram and the refund scandal okay. and everything that's going on? Can you tell okay, us? Okay. So, that? so, so let, let's take another path to that, but we'll answer that mm -hmm. question for you. So in order for me to defraud you, if I'm going to hit you with some sort of online crime, I, either a company or an individual, I have to get that potential victim to trust me. If I can't do that, I can't get them to give me information, access to their computers, data, or cash. So I have to develop trust with that victim, with that potential victim. So how, is, how does trust work in an online environment? Technology tools, social engineering. And what I mean by technology, that's your cell phone, it's your laptop, it's the websites that you go to, it's the hardware and the software. We inherently trust the technology which is given to us, even though we don't understand it a lot of the time. We trust those phone numbers that show up on the phone to be the right. sheriff's office, the IRS, the social security administration, your bank, things like that. What we're not understanding and appreciating is that criminals use a variety of tools to manipulate that technology. They use spoofed phone calls. You don't see their phone oh. number. You see the IRS. They use SOX 5 proxies. They're located in Ghana, as William pointed out, right. but their IP address comes back as New York or Florida or something like that. That tends to lay a base level of trust. It just opens up the door. At that point, we see how good of a con man, a liar, a social engineer that criminal is in manipulating you into information, access, data, or cash. So the question becomes, if you're looking at how to avoid these scams and fraud, what does it take to establish trust with you? Is it that caller ID? Is it someone calling up pretending to be a hospital and they quote back your medical history because I can buy your medical history? Is they it the can. bank, someone that you think is your bank that calls you and they start quoting back bank transactions in order right. to convince you that they're the bank. Figure that out. Pay attention to that. Understand that I'm going to try to get you when I'm scamming you. I'm going to try to get you to not act reasonably or logically. I'm going to try to get you to set that aside and to react emotionally in a knee jerk fashion. If I can do that, I can get that information, access or data cash from you. So that's what's important. Have that situational awareness. Understand that every single website that's out there, there are predators there. That does not mean not to trust that, but to verify every single thing. Be suspicious like that, okay? If you're going to do it, and, and I know I've just got a couple more minutes, so let me say this. Freeze the, if you're, these are the things you need to do immediately. If you don't do anything else tonight, freeze the credit of every single person in the house. Credit freezes are free. Children are the number one victims of yes. identity theft, 25%. So freeze the credit of every single person, including your children. That's free. Adults, you have to go further than that. You have to monitor your accounts and place alerts on your accounts where you can. For like Discover Card, for example, it's got a $0 alert. If I go on the dark web, buy your Discover Card for $14, I ping it just to see if it's still active. You get a text message saying, hey, someone's trying to victimize you. And you can have that card shut down at that point. So freeze credit monitor accounts, place alerts, and then finally, 
passwords. Passwords, that's the most important thing. 80% of the entire population, they use the same or similar passwords across multiple websites. It's important to practice good pa password security. So use a password manager, an authenticator, pass keys, something Is like that. Is password manager something to trust? So there are two different types of password managers. And I know why you asked that. Because I know maybe... because I have a password. I have five passwords that I've used since I was 14 years old, 15 years old. That's good to know, Emily. I know. I'm just telling you. I don't think you, you should have announced that. <laughs> well, those those are my public passwords. There you go. Out there. But, my private password. I use the same password for everything. That's Emily. Yeah. No, I don't do that. But like, but baby boomers, my mom and dad, like they have been scammed so many times over the last three, five years. And I'm like, no, don't tell anybody on the telephone anything. Okay. Like, don't even answer the telephone. If you don't know who that person is, like, don't answer it. And, Not bad and advice. I, well, I don't, I worry about them because I've had to go and do some cleanup and stuff with their bank accounts right. and everything or their um, Venmo or their PayPal. Right. Mm -hmm. So for, for mom and dad, and this is strict, uh, strictly for senior citizens, I like the idea of a physical password book where you write down the passwords in a, in a notepad, keep it in your desk, something like that. I like that. At home, digital. do not do that at work. That's why I said for mom and dad. All right. Do not do that at work. So I, I like that. But, you know, password managers, we've seen, especially the past few months, we've seen some of those password managers being breached. They've been hacked into. Mm -hmm. There are two different types of password managers. There's the cloud password manager, which is Dash, which is uh, LastPass, things like that. But there's a local password manager, which are things like BitWarrant. Uh, I like the local ones. I really do. I like those a lot. I like authenticators. Microsoft's got one. Google's got one. I is like that trustworthy. Is that all that yeah. trustworthy? Yeah, I like okay. them. I, it's, okay. it's a heck of a lot better than you trying to come up with your own password. Let me tell you that. Okay. All right. Okay. So I like that as well. Uh, I like pass keys a lot right now. The point is, is use something. It's better okay. than doing nothing because you as a human being, you lack the capacity we all lack the capacity AI. of being random. All right. We we're not random. As human beings, we're never random. So it's it's best to put that in the hands of something that can be random, something that can be secure and generate different passwords across the board. And so if we save those passwords, just for example, we sign up. Well, we can go a little bit over. We're we're good okay. on the radio side here. So everybody listen to 107.7 FM in New Orleans. We love you. Thank you. <laughs> um, so like I sign up to a lot of things and it's like let it let me generate your password and you got like sure. four sections it's kind of looks like a credit card actually mm -hmm. uh with numbers letters all that kind of stuff is that trustworthy i don't even trust that it depends now what's generating it is it the password manager that's on the phone or is it the website itself that's generating that most the times that that happened to me it's the website okay if it's a website i would not do that Okay. Right. I simply would not. I, I don't trust that at all. But do you trust the cell phone? I do. I do. Because that, that's a very secure password manager that Android has and that Apple has. Now, that being said, understand that's also a cloud password manager. So, you know, if, if I'm a criminal looking to hit a password manager, am I going to hit a cloud that's got millions of different people's passwords? Or am I going to hit somebody like BitWarrant that's got one person's password? I'm going to hit the cloud. Doug, needs, like Doug needs this to be dumbed down a tad. 
<laughs> you dumb it down, just, I only speak basic beginners all purpose symbolic instruction code that's what that stands for you, you know what I noticed I have a lot of fans that hit me up or supposed fans hit me up on messenger and I try to be friendly but then they always want to switch me over to do you have whatsapp do you have this and I'm like right it just Ooh, doesn't sit right in the beginning I, in so the be and that, in the that's beginning I did that a lot but now people say well because you use your real phone number on there it gives them more information about you it's, mm -hmm. it's even worse than that. If, I, if I've contacted you as a scammer, if I've contacted you on Match, eHarmony, LinkedIn, Facebook, anything else like that, all of those platforms monitor the messaging that's coming across. As a scammer, I want to get you off of that platform so I can have a talk with you and scam you into something at that point. It's much yeah. more difficult for me to do that on the platform where I've initially reached out to you. So that's a lot of the reason for that. Uh, for Doug, Doug, what it boils down to is password manager will make sure it generates passwords for you. I personally use the Google password manager and a Microsoft authenticator and Google authenticator. And I, I, I don't even trust that. Google as a search engine. Okay. Let me ask you this. Do you use, what phone do you use? Do you use Apple or Android? So you do trust Google. Well, yeah. Yeah. More than Apple. <laughs> but you trust them, <laughs> right? I mean, that that's the point. You you said that you didn't trust them to do that, but you do trust them with your device. I know. So I I don't trust anything off my device, to be Speaking honest. Of which, I, I got this new Oppo Open. It's nice. Or OnePlus Open. Man, that is a sweet device oh, right there. that is nice. <laughs> yeah, Show us again the, real quick. We don't need to see. Like, so this, this is the new OnePlus Open. Is what this is. So it's, it. that's nice. It, it's uh, well, OnePlus makes it. It's it's actually mm -hmm. Oppo that makes it out of China, but OnePlus is the U.S. Uh, part of that, and it opens up into a nice square tablet. Mm -hmm. and it is absolutely wonderful. What about what about things like Timu and AI Chat GPT? What's your Okay. I don't know. <laughs> you know, so so Timu, I've not used Timu. I've not. Um, I, I I liken it to basically the same thing that Alibaba was, only not as good. They say they say they found some links to Chinese intelligence. I have no doubt. I mean, Alibaba was doing that same stuff too. If you're dealing with any Chinese device, even this thing, I have no doubt that the Chinese are are monitoring and getting data from that. I have no doubt. TikTok the same way. All right. Am I going to stop using TikTok? No, I'm not. That's just me. <laughs> Proceed with caution. You know, keep your eyes wide open. Yeah, and and here's the thing. I mean, we get a lot of uh, a lot of people saying, you know, China TikTok is compromised. They get all your data. Well, it's Facebook all, it's the does CIA. that too. You know, it's all the Facebook CIA. does the same thing. And, Zuckerberg, uh, Zuckerberg is CIA. I said Twitter was FBI, and then I don't even. I yeah. She's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, it's all CIA, FBI. I don't now. Don't as far AI. as as far as AI goes, right now, on the criminal side, criminals are really not using it. They're going to. They absolutely are. On the good guys side, I mean, it's a very good, it's a very good technology, but it is it's in its infancy right now. As it progresses, it's it's going to put a lot of people out of work. All those you know programming people. Why do I need you if chat GPT or some sort of AI program does an outstanding job at one tenth of the price? Yeah, I have a few true, true crime books out and I'm getting ready to release some more. And I noticed I could write a chapter in my stream of consciousness, just dictated voice to text. Right. I'm learning technology after coming out of prison. And I'll put that raw material into AI and I'll say, hey, please edit this for, you know, spelling, clarity, grammar. 
and it right. cleans it up in a half oh, yeah. a second. You know. Yeah. So I mean, it's well, it's it's very effective, and it will continue to grow like that. Well, Brett, the time has come to close this out for you. <laughs> Emily, William, you're gonna, have to, you're gonna have to come back on. So Absolutely, I, I love you both. You are outstanding. Oh, thank you, thank you. Real quick, it, real, I have I have your website in the description. It's anglerfish and it's p h i s h dot com website. Right. Is that the easiest place people can like, especially from the radio? That's, uh, that's the, the easiest place. Anglerfish a n g l e r p is in Paul h i s h dot com. You can find me on Twitter. Just search for Brett Johnson. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on YouTube, The Brett Johnson Show. And, and thank you so much for bringing me on. I do appreciate it. We appreciate you very much. And we're going to let you go, and we'll close out the show. Thank you, Brett. And thank you. I'll be in touch. You're going to come back on, All I right. know. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Brett, great meeting you. Good night. Right. And then we have it. <laughs> Brett Johnson, Netflix um, show, The Web of Lies. I, I watched that and they pulled out that stingray technology at the end. And I was like, I'm conspiracy theorist. And that just proved everything. <laughs> and then it terrified me. And then I was like, I got it. And then in the beginning, cause he's on episode five and six on that. Um, watch the whole series though. Cause the whole series is crazy. And um, five and six, uh, he comes on and he says he's from hazard Kentucky automatically loved him <laughs> at that time. So, he's but really, He's very well spoken too. He's very, very articulate and clear in how he explains things. And you could tell he really wants to help people. I, I like that. Yeah. So you need to connect with him. Y'all do something. Y'all do something. Let me know about it. I'll share it out yeah. and everything. So we appreciate everybody for tuning in. Next week, we will not be here live. It's Thanksgiving uh, week. I will have a rerun um, to coming out. Um, so it will not be a live show. We love you all. Hope you all have a great fantastic thanksgiving uh week with your family and real quick uh william Steele from a e's inmate to roommate if you don't mind uh william to let everybody know where they can find you i'm on william Steele true crime william Steele true crime on youtube and william Steele is my website my books are on amazon true crime inspirational stories insider stories well thank you so much for coming yeah. on as co-host tonight. So thank you, everybody. Have a wonderful weekend. Have an awesome, amazing Thanksgiving. Eat a lot of turkey dressing. <laughs> no masks this year. So have fun. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody.